Today, we are going to re-air an episode that we thought was really important for you guys to re-hear. It was good for us to re-hear it, too. Today, we are talking about time and why time is so important and how everyone feels it differently. You'll hear in the opening that we talk about how we're on an eight-week stay-at-home order. It lasted a little bit longer, Smarties, I will tell you, but that's like the time in our history where this episode came out. But you'll hear us talk about why you need to be able to feel time Mm -hmm. and why students with ADHD and slow processing don't feel time in the same way that maybe other people feel time. This is one of those topics of conversation that can really have an impact on relationships once you understand that both parent-child, parent parent to parent, parent to clinician, all those sorts of things can really have Mm -hmm. an impact if you have a deep and profound understanding of how time is perceived very differently by different people. And next week, we are going to also re-air part two of this series. And it is just as juicy with all of the information that we talk about on ways to help you and your family get more clear about how you're feeling time and how you can change that in your lives if you're struggling with it. So tune in next week. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 104 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Capp. So, Steph, I just want to tell you something really fast. What? (laughs) I don't know if we're going to use the title Feeling Time for this episode because sometimes we decide on titles after we record. Yeah. But the whole time we've been sitting here, Steph and I just had about an hour's worth of work that we had to do before we could hit record today, including figuring out why my microphone wasn't working properly. And the whole time I've been sitting here thinking, Feeling time. <laughs> da, na, 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 na. <laughs> That's funny. Is that how the song goes? No. <laughs> it's closing time. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Our smarties are listening in their audience being like, Rachel, that's just not how the song, but that's what's been playing in my head for the last hour looking at this episode. That's really funny, actually. <laughs> so, feeling time. Maybe or we'll keep the title. <laughs> now I'm going to think of it. Thanks Everyone's for like, oh, Rachel, that'll be stuck in my head now for three days. For sure. Thanks for that. Yeah. So, let's talk about why this episode came about. I think not everybody realizes that you can feel time differently. Right. And I know that's very true for a lot of parents, especially ones that are neurotypical, let's say. When the parent is neurotypical, you mean? Yes. When the parent is neurotypical and have spot on executive functioning. Yeah. You can feel time and you don't even know it. And that is, you know, when it's been a certain amount of time, you know that you don't have to look at the clock and you know when it's going to be done or whatever it is. And you're in that horrible meeting and you want it to be over. But not all of our learners can feel time. And I think sometimes when you break that down for parents, it's like this eye opening, oh my gosh, I had no idea that my kid doesn't feel time. Yeah. It's really interesting to talk about how we feel time because we don't spend a lot of time in our day-to-day lives talking about feeling time. What we do talk about is how long things will take. Mm -hmm. 
But if our bodies don't feel it in the way that the real world experiences it, it creates this issue. Like Adam and I will have this problem where he'll say, okay, so we're going to clean the house and that's all we're going to do today because it's going to take all day. And I'm like, it's not going to take all day. (laughs) But, you know, I pick my battle stuff on those types of things. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's when I text Steph and tell her what he said, and she's like, "Oh, yeah." It's the same thing with the laundry, right? Like he thinks, "Oh, he's oh. got plenty of time," but like he doesn't because he feels time differently than you do, right? So if you're new here, the laundry is a old fight, yeah, that we used to have before we agreed to outsource that, yeah, and so <laughs> that really did because he would want to come in and. This is an old story. We've talked about it on other episodes, but he would want to come in and relax. And I was like, go put your laundry in because you can relax in between while you're putting the loads in, right? Right. And let's put in perspective also, it's because you had certain parameters on when you could use the machines in your building. Right. I mean, everybody would ignore it. Yeah. But we were trying to be respectful of other neighbors and stuff. And we're night owls over here. Like right now our schedule is so messed up and like we're just sleeping in and kind of working until we're done and then we're up hanging out. And so this would be something that would really, really bother me, but it was a stupid thing that would bother me because I didn't have to stay up. Yeah, Like I would go to bed and let him do what he wanted to do. But you know, in normal circumstances, it would mean he was going to bed at like three in the morning and then having to get up at seven for work and I didn't like it. So, mm-hmm. but I will say outsourcing it made the problem go away. Yeah. And then moving into this home and having laundry in our home, we don't talk about it anymore. But there's other things that pop up. Fair. But like, it's a thing. <laughs> and now that we're talking about this, you're probably thinking either of your significant other or your kid mm-hmm. or even yourself. And you're like, oh, yeah, that, you know, <laughs> that's a thing. And I never really realized why. Right. And it's really because of how your body interprets time. Yeah. So let's talk about why you need to be able to feel time. Yeah. Well, number one, so you don't annoy your spouse. Yeah. (laughs) And you were able to get your laundry done and not at like three o'clock in the morning in a normal circumstance. Adam's going to come in and be like, are you still talking about the laundry on the podcast? (laughs) I mean, it's going to be forever. That's just how it goes. So the biggest thing that we often talk about with our learners when we're figuring out schedules for them and prioritizing and when they start homework and what they start with, et cetera, the biggest thing is figuring out how long things take for that learner. So I have a bunch of clients that either really overestimate or really Mm -hmm. underestimate. Mm -hmm. They think it's going to take two minutes. Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes I'll say to them, oh, oh, really? Okay. I got two minutes. Let's go. Yeah. And of course they haven't even gotten through like the first question in two minutes. And, and then it's almost that realization of, right. Oh, that's what two minutes really is. Right. And then everything else comes to light. So Knowing how long things are going to take you, knowing how long it takes you to drive to work, knowing how long it takes you to shower, knowing how long it takes you to, you know, cook dinner. Those are all really important things in feeling time that you need in your everyday life. And for students, it's how long it takes to do the things, things that are asked of them, right? Whether that means clean their room, whether that means updating their calendar. I mean, we did a whole episode on the excuses that learners give us about why they don't want a calendar. And we'll link that episode in the show notes because it also puts forth sort of how we respond to those objections. Yeah. But that's something that learners object to. It's going to take too long to update Mm -hmm. my calendar when in reality, it takes five minutes. 
and it sets you up for success for the next three days. So feeling time is the reason that a lot of students do things or don't do things. Mm-hmm. And this can come into play doing chores around the house. It's not fun. So they feel time and time feels longer. But we all experience time somewhat differently. But for learners with an academic interference, a medical diagnosis like ADHD, time speeds up more aggressively and slows down more significantly, depending on whether or not it's a preferred task for that individual. Mm-hmm. And estimation is such an important part of the planning and prioritizing of the activities that need to be done, especially right now during distance learning, yeah. when a lot of kids are being given assignments and it's due on Friday. They think, oh, it's not going to take me any time or, oh, it's going to take forever. So they don't want to do it. Right. So knowing when you have an idea of how long it's actually going to take you, it helps with their task avoidance. Yeah. We're going to talk in the part two of this episode for strategies of how to get learners who don't feel time in an appropriate way to feel time. But this is all part of the executive functioning and the high-level functioning that learners have to do in the classroom. And it's really important to understand that understanding time and planning for time mitigates procrastination. When it comes to task avoidance or procrastination, we prefer task avoidance because it's a happier term, but we're talking about procrastination. And when it comes to that, there's a lot of different angles that you have to go about tackling procrastination. And feeling time is a really important one in that whole equation. Yeah, it really is. Because if you don't want to do something because you think it's going to take you forever, why would you want to start? I wouldn't. So my quarantine project Mm -hmm. has been catching up. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, our photo book from 2019. Mm -hmm. Every year for our dataversary in January, give Adam a photo book of the previous year. Well, he hasn't gotten 2019s yet. Why? Because we did so much in 2019. (laughs) I mean, two major world trips, lots and lots of weekend trips because we had dubbed it the year of travel. Well, the year of travel totally intimidates me when putting together this. I think it's going to be a two-part photo book, much like this episode, Mm -hmm. because there's just so many experiences that we prioritized last year. So no regrets about it, even though the photo book is hard. We had an amazing time. But I got through the Europe trip. And just so I'm updating you, stuff. I'm now in July, Mm. so I'm over halfway done with the year. But I'm intimidated because I know Japan is coming. Yeah. Lots of pictures. But I'm also kind of looking forward to reliving it a little bit. For sure. And then Adam will look at it once. Yeah. Say he loves it. And that'll be that. Yeah. So I'll spend 100 hours on this project. Did you know there's people you can hire to do this for you? Of course. Huh. There's people you can hire to do anything. (laughs) If there is somebody in our audience who likes to scan photos, (laughs) my dad has so many family photos that he's been trying to get scanned for years and years and years, and he doesn't want to pay for it. So it's like this little project that he chips away at. Yeah. I think that would be like a cool present to like get that done. Oh, yeah, for sure. Let us know, Smart News. Reach out. (laughs) Yeah. He'd appreciate it. Yeah. So with structure, like school or television, we all know how much time we have on a commercial break to go to the bathroom, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Like everybody knows how much time they have to go grab a snack before the show comes back. And I don't know, maybe this is something that we don't experience as much with streaming television, but 
Oh, it's a nice memory to think about <laughs> that. But we all know around how much time we have. And this kind of intuition needs to be developed in different types of learners. An example of this could be a television show ending. For us, we intuitively know when a session is ending, mm -hmm. usually because one of us has sent a text, say, three more minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and for learners, they intuitively know when lunch is coming or how long a class period and how long they have to eat during snack time is. Yeah, and the important thing is once we teach learners how to feel it, they can plan for it. Exactly. You know, in high school, my senior year, I became the master of being able to use time to get stuff done that I didn't want to do the night before when I had gotten home from soccer practice, for instance. I knew, oh, I had 10 minutes here. I know I can get this done. I have four minutes here. I know I can get this done. And I just used that time so wisely yes. that I was able to really move through the end of high school without having to ruin your nights. Right, exactly. I used to do the same thing as well. I went to a really academically rigorous school. There was a lot of work. And my last two years of high school, I took four APs each year. In 10th grade, I think I took two or three. I took five junior and senior year. And this was very, very common. And those are like the only classes that were available to me based off the track that I was on in high school. But my mom would always say like, the only time I see you studying or doing work is when there's a paper that you need a laptop for. Because my best friend, Kristen and I, I'll tell her to listen to this episode that I mentioned her in this episode. We used to plan for free periods mm -hmm. and we would like bring our math books and we'd get it done during those classes so that we could have free time mm -hmm. at home to do all the other things. Yeah, totally. Which looking back on it, my executive functioning skills have always been strong in that way. And I don't like wasting time. No. I don't know why you would sit there. And not get something done. If you're not feeling time right. and knowing how long something is going to take or you feel like it's going to take longer than that, a lot of kids don't want to even start. Yes. Right? And I don't blame them. Some kids really do better if they're able to sit down and do it all at once. Mm -hmm. And that can be a big hindrance because a lot of them don't have the time to be able to sit down and do it all in one right. situation. Right. In particular with kids that have ADHD or slow processing that don't feel time. Like I said, they often over or underestimate how long things are going to take, which makes it hard to complete tasks, but also hard for them to break down tasks into manageable pieces. For instance, I have clients that we break down when they're supposed to do this reading for an AP class or when they're supposed to do something that they've been given a chunk of time to complete. And they will often say, oh, well, it won't take me that long, so I'll do it tomorrow. And then they keep doing that until, uh-oh, now I have 30 pages of reading due tomorrow, and I have a test. Mm -hmm. And because of the misestimation of time, it becomes a bigger problem down the road. Yeah, because if you overestimate you will be less likely to start because it's going to feel more daunting mm -hmm. and overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And if you underestimate and make a plan and then the plan doesn't work out, it's hard to get back on track and then hard to create a new plan. And that emerges looking like cramming and pulling on lighters to get things done. Mm -hmm. And that's not good for anybody. No, it makes parents 
crazy. So learners with ADHD often have impulsivity linked, and so they often get through things faster than they, quote-unquote, should. Yeah. So one of the great analogies that I learned back from an OT, from an occupational therapist during my very first year of teaching preschool, was the analogy of Tigger and Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore. And the impulsivity that we see in Tigger-like kids, they really don't feel time. And likewise, the feeling of time in Eeyore-like kids, Eeyore was really, really slow, they also feel time in a very different way. And it's interesting when the engines and the motors of how we internally feel time are different within the home, different within partners, different from parent to child, different from other parent to child. Mm -hmm. That's where a lot of conflicts truly emerge. And so understanding that learners with different learning needs feel time differently can actually alleviate pressure from families who are struggling with this. If they know this is part of the profile, Mm -hmm. this is why it's happening. And so it allows families because we always want to move away from blame and towards curiosity. Mm -hmm. Which is so true. Knowing so these profiles are the ones that are going to have slow processing, auditory processing, any sort of processing deficit. Mm Mm-hmm is going to show up more like the Eeyore in this scenario. Yes. And a neurotypical kid is going to be the... Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. So even if they're not diagnosed with something, it doesn't matter because in some areas you might be a Tigger and in some areas you might be Eeyore or Winnie the Pooh. Mm -hmm. So knowing and helping your learner understand who they are in whichever scenario is going to be extremely helpful. And in part two, when we talk about how to work on feeling time, we'll really get into that. So Smarties, we hope your families are safe and healthy and truly that financially your families are doing okay during this period of time. It's been really stressful. So if we can be of service to you in any way, if we can help, please don't hesitate to reach out. We're both at home and it feels good to do something for another person. So don't hesitate to shoot us an email at rachel and steph at learnsmarterpodcast.com. Have a great week, Smarties. Have a great week.